Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I'm your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. Thanks for listening and being here. I don't think I've said enough in the podcast so far, but I really do appreciate your listening. It fuels me to keep going and keep recording because contrary to what it may seem, this is actually awkward for me to talk and to record the podcast. So the fact that you're listening and enjoying the content is what keeps me motivated to keep going. And I have also sincerely enjoyed interviewing the other guests that I've had on the podcast. And I have a few more that are lined up, but I'm always looking for new people to talk to about the Clubfoot experience so that they can share their experience. And that so I really enjoy those podcasts as well. But I just wanted to say thank you and I thoroughly enjoy sharing the Clubfoot experience with you guys. Today's topic is going to be about an unexpected challenge that we faced in our Clubfoot treatment journey within that first year. And that was this like managing our child's schedule for the Boots and Bar. And that was really through the graduated part of Boots and Bar, so the 23 hours. It took us a little bit of time to find our rhythm, but then when we started to do the slow decrease in hours, so we went from 23 to 18 to 16 to 14 to 12. I say that in quotation marks, even though you can't see me, so that's kind of funny. Um, But I say 12 in quotation because I don't think we've ever really been at 12 because she's always napped. And we, to maintain that consistency, as I've said before, have her in her boots and bar whenever she is sleeping. So that's night or nap time. I am going to read a little bit from the chapter in my book about schedules. Part of the reason that I wrote this chapter was because this was a surprising challenge for us. I went into it thinking, oh, I like this is going to be so great. We're decreasing boots and bar wear schedule. Like we're moving on and it, you know, every time we decreased, it was like another milestone that we had met. But the switch from 23 to 18 hours took a little bit of navigating for us about when she should and shouldn't be with in her boots and bar. In the 23 hour, it's like she's got them on all the time. So while you have to decide what to do with that one hour of free time or how to divvy that up and when to do stretches, like all of that, but really she's she was in her boots and bar majority of the day. So I didn't really have to think when should I put them on and when shouldn't she. But when we moved to 18 hours, there was this kind of unexpected struggle to figure out where we could create that routine, maintain the consistency of sleeping with the boots and bar, which seemed to be the most vital piece, but also really capitalize on the free time and using that the best to our advantage. So I'm going to read the section about the 18 hours schedule. So when it came to decrease hours, our boots and bar doctor told us to double up the free time for a week double up it again for the next week and again until we had the full six hours of free time. Since we were doing 20 minutes of free time, we doubled to 40 minutes three times a day for the first week. 
Our cutie was now getting two hours of free time a day, and let me tell you, it felt magical. I actually had time to get things done, and she had time to roll and play to our heart's content. For us, the mornings were often busy, filled with the bustle of getting ready for the day. 40 minutes worked well for our cutie because it was just enough free time before we had to put her in her car seat and take her older sisters to school. At this time, she was five months old, so she didn't have a semblance of a nap schedule other than being awake for a two-hour stretch before needing to go to sleep again. Our rule during 18-hour wear was that if our cutie was in her car seat, she would be in her boots and bar in case she fell asleep. Because we followed this rule, there were some days that she didn't get the full six hours free. The next week, we doubled her free time again to 80 minutes three times a day. So that was four hours a day free. An 80-minute stretch was too long for our cutie in the morning because she wasn't usually awake for that amount of time before we had to hit the road. In general, we would bank whatever time we lost in the morning and tack it onto the second or third free time block. We usually banked most of our free time for before bed because, like many babies, that was her witching hour. She tended to be slightly happier when she was B&B free. In the final transition week, we could use the full six hours. We could do three two-hour blocks of time, but we rarely had a full two-hour block where she wasn't either napping or in the car seat, so we had to figure out other chunks of time. We usually aimed for four 90-minute blocks of time, but inevitably these were cut short and we didn't meet the full six hours. We like to bank any unused time for the end of the day, but sometimes that backfired because we banked too much time and had to cut our free time short for bedtime. It might take a little while before you find the schedule that fits for you and your cutie. Maybe your cutie is your first kiddo and you won't have the restraints of school drop-off and pickups. Or maybe your cutie's in full-time daycare and you'll need to coordinate with your daycare provider on a schedule that works for everyone. So I say that it was a struggle or a challenge because she wasn't awake for enough time and our doctor was really really strong on the fact that she needed to get used to wearing the boots and bar always when she was sleeping. But because we had so, I had, at that point, her two older sisters, one was in elementary school and one was in preschool. So I had two different schools, two different drop-off times, which meant a lot of car seat time for her. Um, I know that different people and different clubfoot parents have different ideas about whether the their cutie should wear the boots in the bar during their car seat time. Um, but a decision that we had made for our family and for our cutie was to, because it was too risky for her to fall asleep. She spent too much time in the car seat and all of our travel was really local. And I mean, even walking to and from the schools, because my older daughter's school is close enough for us to walk and the stroller, she would be in the car seat. So we wanted to ensure that she was, anytime she was sleeping, she was in her boots and par. And that inevitably meant that she, during those first few months of 18 hours, would miss out on some free time because there just wasn't enough blocks of time. And like I said, we did end up kind of banking a lot of time for the end of the day, like, oh, I'll just take it off you know, we'll just tack on the 30 minutes here, 30 minutes there. But the truth was sometimes she was ready for bed and we didn't, we had an hour left of free time. So 
I think the schedule just took a little bit of time to adjust to. And what I'm trying to or hoping by sharing my experience is to let parents know that I think it's whatever routine that you guys can come up with, right? So for us, that meant my biggest thing was the consistency of sleep with the boots and bar. And that meant being in her car seat and she had that chance of falling asleep because a lot of the time she did sleep because we were just so mobile at that age that she would have her boots on. Um, But like I said, at the end of that section, it's different for different families. And I also want to be cognizant of the fact that some that some parents do different schedules, right? So some, we went from 23 to 18 to 16 to 14, but some parents go from 23 directly to 14. And that's what you've worked, the schedule that you've gotten from your doctor and their recommendation. So I'm not saying, I'm not making any sort of qualifications about whether what schedule is better for who. I'm just talking about from our experience and knowing that it was more challenging to try to figure out when she should have the boots on when she wasn't supposed to be in them always, like in the 23-hour wear. So while we were super excited, and it did allow for a lot more freedom for us, there was that just extra thought that we had to place in putting in creating her schedule so that it would allow for the most free time, but also maintain that super consistency of having her boots on whenever she was sleeping. And it's kind of funny because later in, as she got older in, she didn't, you know, then we switched our game from sleeping with the boots and bar on in the car to when she started to have a regular nap schedule keeping her awake in the car <laughs> so that we could get home in time to put the boots and bar on and get her down for a nap. Um, so we went from always having the boots and bar on in the car seat to not having them on and trying our best to keep her awake. And I remember once when she was, I think, close to two, we were traveling somewhere during her nap time in the car and I said, well, let's put her boots on. At this point, she wasn't, I mean, she didn't need to have them on for, we were in like the 14-hour wear. And I thought, okay, well, let's put them on. And I, she had napped a few times in the car without them on. And I remember we put them on for some reason. I don't, I honestly don't even know why we had them, but we put them on and I swear she slept so much better with them on in the car than when she didn't have them on. And it was just an indicator to me that she had gotten used to sleeping with them. So she was in the car and she slept better than she did without them on because she had them on. So it was really interesting to, to see that development for, for me as a parent, to know that the consistency of that boots and bar was really actually paying off for her. And she was really used to sleeping with them on. And it might've been more difficult for her to sleep without them on. So anyways, I just thought it was interesting for us to kind of navigate that schedule throughout each section of the graduated 
time frame for us. And that's why I put that in in the book and kind of dedicated a whole chapter to it because I remember looking for information about it and I felt like, am I the only parent who is struggling with this? Am I the only parent, clubfoot parent, who has a difficult time figuring out when and where she should be wearing her boots now that she has uh, less time in them, now that we're out of that 23-hour wear where it was really black and white when she had them on and when she had them off. So my hope is that by me talking about our struggle and challenge with it is if there are any other parents out there who are struggling with the schedule as well to know that I understand and there is one other parent out there who did deal with kind of trying to navigate that and what it looked like and to encourage you to just think about it constructively about what's going to work best and if you don't meet the full hours of free time because for whatever reason then that's okay too but It's just something that you're going to have to eventually work through and then get to a place where you kind of have found a more rhythm because in that transition time, like I said, she was only five months old, so she really wasn't fully on a nap schedule yet. So I hadn't, it was in this weird in-between phase for her developmentally as well. So just keep trying new stuff and... Figure out what works best for you and your cutie. As always, thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please pass it along to any other Clubfoot parents you think might find it helpful. And if you need to reach out to me directly, you can do so through my website at MaureenHoff.com or my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. Thanks and see you next time.